Well, today I want to talk to you about the fruit of death. That sounds like an uplifting message, and I hope that it will be for all of us here. And um, once again, just to, just to just say this without beating it into the ground, I'm going to say thank you to all of you who have been kind to Robin and I over the Christmas season and the holidays. We thank, we're thankful for a wonderful staff and all those who serve the Lord here, um, pastoral staff, uh, our administrator, uh, Diane and Charlie working in the buildings, and Kelly Sanders and Sarah and all of those who work in there, and all of you who volunteer of your time. Uh, you do so much here to make Bethel a better place, and we're glad to have you here. So, amen. Good to see you, Ram, and uh, wonderful Amen. I was worried about you. You okay? Am I going to be okay? No. Okay. The fruit of death, John chapter 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. You know, that uh, whole picture I've given some thought to about that grain of wheat that Jesus talks about falling into the ground and dying, Uh, you know, certainly he's talking about his death you know, at the, at the center of it all, that Jesus is going to give his life for our, our redemption. And the whole world is filled with church. Uh, the church is expansive. It covers the globe. Um, the name of Jesus has been preached and will continue to be uh, brought forth. And uh, all of this is a result. All of you are a result of Christ's death, all of us here. You know, that's the only reason that you and I uh, can claim any part in the family of God is through Jesus Christ shed blood over our lives. You know, you and I, we would have no entrance into the body of Christ if it weren't for Jesus. But he gives us that entrance and he provides it. And he did so because he laid down his life. You know, there is no greater example of what Jesus was uh, saying here than his own life. And when your life provides the best witness to what you say, that is great. You know, what Jesus is teaching here, he really was uh, going to embody it, and he was going to give the greatest uh, demonstration of what he was talking about by virtue of laying down his life for our redemption. And beyond that, You and I are called uh, to live the life that projects Christ. Uh, We are to lay down our lives every day. How many know that? That's our calling is to lay down our lives each and every day for the cause of Christ, for the advancement of his purposes. And, you know, we don't always succeed in that, but certainly that's the calling that God has placed upon us that we would lay down our lives each and every day. You know, the, we have been saved and redeemed, and, and, the, and the seat of authority in our lives has been surrendered to, to the Lord. But the enemy uh, always tries to lure our old nature back into that place of prominence, wants the old nature to be seated upon the seat of authority in our lives, making the decisions, uh, living life, acting and reacting and speaking. And yet... 
we know that that part of us is dead in Christ. Amen? It is, how, it is because it, Paul said it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How many would say the same thing this morning that the Apostle Paul said when he spoke those words? It's no longer I. It's not me that's driving the, the ship. It's not me who is uh, calling the shots. But now in Christ, we realize his lordship over our lives directs and, and mandates and directs and guides us in the way that we live. So I want to ask you this morning, um, are you willing to become a fool for Christ? Are you willing to give up? And, and as I ask you, God asked me the same. It's not like I'm standing in an ivory tower speaking down to others. But when I ask that, I'm asking you because I'm speaking to you today. God is speaking with us today. Are we willing to lay down everything for Christ? That is a big question. You know, we sing that song, I Surrender All, and really we should give a lot of thought to what we're singing there because it really is a, is a statement of something that is either true or not true, right? I surrender all. How many times have we sung that song? And, you know, really when we say I surrender all, we're, we're, say, we're, we're making a profession and the greatest witness to that profession being true is seeing it play out in everyday life. You know, here I was uh, meditating on some things, and you know, I, I got to just drop some things into my heart uh, about the grain that dies. And you know, I, I thought about how Jesus' life was impacted on earth by his commitment to, to save and to redeem and to set people free. And you know, it just, it plays out in our lives as well. Certainly it, he's God and we're not, but it still plays out. Even if chapters close and opportunities cease, doors slam shut, prospects vanish, Reputation takes a hit. And even if those who claim to support you disappear, do one thing. Worthy of all the expense, uh, worthy of the expense of all else, and that is to follow the Lord wherever He leads. After all, it's all about Him. How many know that it's all about Him? After all, it's all about Him and the advancement of His kingdom. And it's all for his glory. When our Lord is afforded the rightful place of honor and he receives all praise and all glory, whatever part of us is called upon to die, and there will be a death that has to be died, you know, a death that needs to be died. You understand what I'm saying here today? There's a part of you that's called to die. There's a part of me that's called to die. And it's always going to contest that. It's always going to strive against that. And if we don't deal with it on a daily basis, it will interfere and inhibit the advancement of what God purposes to do in our lives. Because sometimes it requires us laying down a lot of things that we are, that have become dear to us have become a part of our lives and we find a sense of security in them. And God says, I want that so that my name can be glorified in this area. 
I want that because I want to advance my purposes in this situation. And it requires that, that we lay it down. This is a year where we, we must understand as much as we pray for God to change the world, there's something that God is speaking into the church, beginning with leadership and all of us. This is going to cost something. This idea and notion that we're in, in, in Club Med, uh, the, that the church is some kind of resort where it's the bless me club, you know, God's going to knock some of that down. Because in Christ, I am blessed. I am positioned in a place of favor, but that doesn't mean that this is going to be easy. And it doesn't mean that God's not going to strip away that in my life that, that, that impedes the release of what he wants to do. So as we look at this this morning, and I finish this, you know, whatever he received, whenever he receives all praise and all glory and whatever part of us is called upon to die. And I want to ask you that this way. I want to pause there. Are you willing to hear from the Lord as to what part of you must die this year? That his name will be glorified and his purposes advance further than it ever has been in your life. Because, you know, it's a simple principle. John the Baptist knew it. He said he has to increase and I have to decrease, right? Paul knew it. He talked about mortifying the, the, the members of our body, the members of our being that hinder them, the, the, the flesh putting it to death. You know, so this morning as we, we think about what is required for this world to be impacted, because we're praying that the evil will, dis, uh, will go away. We're praying that the strongholds that bind our young people and the lies and the deception that's being propagated at every level of society will lose its authority. And you understand something, that, that's a great prayer to pray. But if we don't realize that God is calling upon us for something to die in order that something else can live, we are missing it. And for far too long we have prayed and we repent of sin and nothing changes. We, we say, you know, we, we cite, you know, 2 Corinthians 7.13 and you say, well, this is kind of a hard word and I don't want to trip over that. Um, but how much really changes? How much in our lives is really stripped away? I mean, it's great to, to get up at the beginning of a year and start talking about how important it is for us to, 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 you know, if we want God to heal our land and we want him to do this and we want him to do that in this world. But I want to say you're under an, a, a, a very large, we are, we are under a strong delusion if we don't understand that it's going to cost us something. You say, well, Jesus paid it all. Well, you know, Paul knew that, and he died a martyr's death. The apostles, I think with the exception of John, whom they tried to kill, and Judas, who hung himself, they died martyrs' deaths. I'm pretty sure they knew that Jesus had paid it all, but, you know, they, they knew also that it was going to cost them something. That not because they were securing their redemption or winning favor with God per se, but because they knew that God was going to use their lives as seed for something else. 
You know, so here's my thought on it, and it begins with me. You can agree, disagree. I'm not taking a poll this morning. But I'm going to say to you this day that the principle that Jesus spoke of has to be borne out in my life and in your life. Jesus didn't just teach these these vague ideals and this uh, sublime thought with no practicality, no no witness born to it in day-to-day life. Jesus said that kernel, that grain of wheat that would fall to the ground, he was talking about himself. And that he would die, and through his death, many would be born into the kingdom of God. But he's also speaking of a very important principle for me. You know, am I willing to allow my my life to be subject to a death and a certain? Are you going to allow your reputation to take a hit? Are you going to advance? You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus was scandalized, right? They said he was a friend of drunkards and prostitutes. They saw him in the homes of people whom most of the self-righteous and sanctimonious crowd would have nothing to do with. And Jesus was among them, and he wasn't among them for the purpose of becoming like them. He was among them to share redemption and to share life. And his reputation, reputation means very little in the, in the real scheme of things. Now, unless you do deliberately live a life to bring upon yourself a bad reputation. But if you live for God, do you think the enemy's not going to scandalize you for living for Christ? Do you think the liar is going to sit back and allow Christ to be advanced without any opposition? Without any, any effort against us? This is the, this is where we are. There is this prayer that we pray that is right. But there is, you know, the one thing that I think for me that sometimes is missing is the cross that Jesus has called every one of his disciples to embrace. You know, he says, let him deny himself. How many of us in reality know what that means? You know, we, we fast and we do it and we feel good about ourselves. And I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not making light of that. I'm just simply saying that, you know, something has to die when we fast. So that something else can live. You know, something else, anything that we do is really a vehicle through which we put to death that which will really handicap and hinder us. How many here want, would love to see a thousand people in heaven because you are faithful to the Lord? You say, well, I don't save any. That's, that, you know, we need to get out of that. That's just stupid. We know we don't save anybody. I mean, I know that, right? How many of you know that? We don't save anybody. But how many would still like to see a thousand people in heaven because you laid down your life for the cause of Christ and through your one life, a thousand people came to know Jesus? I mean, think about what has to happen for people to start knowing Jesus through our lives. How many of us can truly, and I'm saying this for me, how many of us can truly say that anybody has come to know Christ because of us? You say, well, it's not about me. Let's get off of that. You're an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. The scriptures tell me that I'm an ambassador for Christ. It says he makes his appeal to the world through us. 
It's in the Bible. It's there. And so if I'm his ambassador, that means that there is some legal authority. There is some empowerment that God has given to me to represent him. I, you know, I love you. I'm not here preaching down. Honestly, I'm not. I'm just thinking about where God's been speaking into my life. You know, it's, le- it's less important for us to bear a title than it is for us to be a servant. Jesus came to this earth and he took upon himself our humanity. People say, well, and, and, and Robin and I were talking, he didn't lay down his deity. I don't believe that. You know, maybe you do. I don't. Because I believe that the, that he was Emmanuel, God with us, right? He was the word become flesh. That's what it says. He was the word. He, it wasn't what he stopped being. It's what he took upon himself in addition to who he was. He took upon himself humanity. And so in our process here, we're already human, so we need something else, right? We need to put on Christ. To be complete in his purposes for him. You know, one, think about this. For most of us, I'm, I, you know, people say, well, midlife, you know, is, uh, is 60. I got to tell you, unless you live to do 120, I've done the math. You're past midlife. You can walk free of that now. You say, I don't have to be stressed anymore. I've already passed midlife. Aren't you happy about that? People were running around all over the place with a midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't, how many are going to say no to midlife crisis here? I mean, if you're not, you haven't had it yet, don't plan for it. Like a big party, I'm going to have a midlife crisis and I'm going to melt down. I don't believe that has to happen for those who know the Lord. Because what's the biggest threat? You're going to die, right? You win, right? How many know you win when you die, church? I mean, we're not looking to go out and get hit by a bus or fall off a cliff. But the scriptural perspective tells me that I win. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. How many know you can't really truly threaten a believer with death? There was four young men who uh, um, were, were taken hostage from a Bible school here a couple of years ago. And um, these four young men who had, had uh, been kidnapped were, uh, you know, they, there was great negotiation going on for them that they could be released. And uh, out of the four, you know, it, this was over, it, it was a, a Nigerian student by the name of Michael Nadi. He, it, it was, uh, the, these students were taking uh, uh, pastoral courses and training, and they were, they, the four were, uh, were, were taken hostage, four young men. And they negotiated the release of these kids, but when they did, Michael Nadi was the only one that wasn't with them. And, you know, after some time, they had arrested those uh, responsible. And the gentleman who was responsible for killing him, they asked him, because they they killed him, the other three were released. And they asked him, why did you kill him when you let the others go? And, you know, I'll just read you the quote here, because, you know, I don't want to take any liberties with what he actually said here. 
Um, let me see if I can find it here. His name was Mustafa Muhammad, and he said, uh, as he was interviewed, he said, um, he did not allow me any peace. He just kept preaching to me his gospel. I did not like the confidence that he displayed in his faith, and so I decided to send him to an early grave. You know, I just think about that. You know, we we really, how many of us have been faced with that kind of a situation? America, we are pampered, we are spoiled. We really know very, very, very little about this stuff. If somebody doesn't talk to us, somebody's not friendly with us, if something happens, we, we get upset and we go and we pout and we're victimized. You know what? We're not victims, church. Come on. I mean, say we're not victims. We're, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not also rans. We're not loser. In Christ, I know who I am. How many here know who you are in Christ? So you're not a victim today and we shouldn't live like victims in it, but it will cost us something. And one more little story. There was a woman who would sit by the Nile River and she would meditate there every day. And one day she sees this scorpion kind of floating down and she could tell it had gotten caught in the current. And so as it got closer, it got caught up in a bunch of weeds in that. And this scorpion was writhing around and trying to get loose. And she decided that she was going to reach down and assist it to get out. So she reaches down and the thing, you know, whatever, they stung her. And it was very painful and yet it wasn't free. So she reached down again and, and, and it stung her again. And she did this a few times trying to free this thing. And, you know, a, a, a gentleman passed by and he looks at the woman and he says to her, Hey, fool, don't you realize that, as long, that he's going to sting you as long as you keep doing that? And her response to him was, because it is the nature of the scorpion to sting, why should I deny my own nature to save it? You know, as you and I look, the world's going to not appreciate who you are all the time in Christ. You are going to be persecuted because of your faith in Christ. You are not going to be welcomed in some circles. You are going to be defamed in other circles. And you need to understand something. That doesn't mean that life, I need to understand that life is still good. It's very good because we walk with Jesus and, 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 and the disciples, I think in Acts 4, after they had been beaten and told, don't preach this anymore. They went away rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer reproach for him. You know, something has to die. In Rick, something has to die this year that Christ can be advanced in my life. Ephesians 4.23 says, To be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. That germ was the smallest part of the kernel from which the life would come. And it made up only 2.5% of the weight of a grain. And when it would fall into the ground, the process takes place. And, you know, not to get, go into it uh, at great length, I'm not a, you know, I'm probably not the best expert on this, but that grain 
Self, the, the part of that grain becomes dormant and, and, and the other parts of that begin to germinate and life begins to, to take root, seed and to take root there. And you know, here's the thought, unless that grain of wheat falls to the ground, Jesus said, and it dies, it remains alone. You know what that says to me? That as, as a believer, if I'm not willing to die to self, I may go to heaven that I'm going alone. That's not okay, right, church? How many of us know it's not okay if we go to church and yet because we never detached from that stock or whatever you want to call it and fell to the ground, there were many more that never came to know Jesus. Well, this is for me. You know, I don't preach anything that doesn't come to me. How many people are going to be in heaven because of you? You know, Yes, they're going to be saved by Christ alone, but you're his ambassador. Can't get away from that. You can't get away from it. Jesus said, unless except that grain fall to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Here's the question. What is it that we need to detach from? What in your life, what in my life do I need to detach from so that I can be more effective? You know, the scriptures tells us that we're to come out from among them and be separate. And yet, even beyond that separation there, we we are to separate from that which keeps us being more fruitful. The potential within each grain is tremendous. How many of you know here that in your life there's the potential for a hundred other people during your lifetime to come to know Christ. Oh, I'm only worried about the one. Well, tell me, I want to tell you, are you really worried about the one? We don't, we're not called to worry about the one. We're to be the seed, to germinate, to be out there. How many today will just say, Lord, you know, I believe there's potential in my life to be responsible for leading 100 people in my lifetime to know Jesus. You say, well, I don't want to settle for 100. Okay, 10,000. Whatever it might be. we got to think in that kind of terms sometimes because we get to, the world is full of problems. You know, it's got trouble everywhere. Oh, it's so bad and the world is going, you know, it's going to hell. And, you know, we, but here's the thing. This is a great opportunity for the city that's set up on a hill, for the salt to be salty and the light to be light, and for the church to die so that something else can live. And that doesn't mean that we cease to exist. It just means that whatever God says, I want this to go away or to be sown. You say, Lord, what if I... Here's another thing. It's all not all negative. What about your time? How much of your time are you willing to give to the kingdom? Come on, church. How much of your time are you willing to commit to your personal growth and to the growth of others? How much time are we willing to pour out into other people's lives to equip them and to disciple them and to share Jesus with? That's what God's challenged me. Very little of what the church is about goes on up here. It's lived out there. 
out there, out there. So we're not here to put on a good show for anybody. Amen? Because I'm sure there's a lot better than maybe what you could find here today. But there's potential in every grain. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do in them. John the Baptist said, He must increase, I must decrease. Deuteronomy 32 talks about how one chases a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight. How many believe that today? How many of you would like to put the devil on the run? (laughs) I'm going to ask Tammy to come if you would. The significance of detachment. All potential growth beyond our current existence depends upon whether or not we die. You ever see somebody who's extremely talented at something and they're very bad at investing that into the lives of other people? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they're superstars. They're wonderful. They do this. They do. But, you know, how many know that there are talented people who never share with others what it takes for them to realize what God has called them to do. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter how good I am or at what I do or how bad I am, I guess, on either side, but what, how, much am, how much am I investing in people? How much am I investing? How much of me am I letting go of so that God can minister to people, to people. Being intentional with Christ, letting people know who it is that's the reason for the life that you enjoy. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for a moment and I'm going to finish just a a thought here with this detachment and I'll bring the remainder of this word next week. But the death that Jesus spoke of was literally applied to his death. And yet its application to us is about who and what we live for rather than just simply dying. Dying to self-centeredness, dying to reckless ambition, dying to to hoarding our time and our favor, dying to uh, just reaching out to certain people because we like to be with certain people and uh, we enjoy that, but there are a lot of people that we're not building bridges into their lives. A lot of unchurched people in this world who don't know Christ, to live one for oneself, to live a self-absorbed life, and to live for things that one day will be irrelevant would be a waste. There is a freedom in detachment. There's a freedom that comes with detachment. There is a freedom from the tyranny of selfishness, greed, jealousy, pride, contempt, disregard for who those whom Christ died. The freedom to live a life that will have an effectual resonance 
beyond our day, Stephen's death was at the forefront of the proliferation of the gospel. As the church would be scattered and it brought forth, preached the word of God in Samaria and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. As we close today, I want to say something here. God is really doing a profound work in my, my heart. And I need it because I, I'm a hard head. I don't always get it. And I got a long way to go. But there's things that God is, is helping me to just let go of. You see, sometimes it's easy to get so consumed with preserving life in the way we would like for it to be. And, you know, so everything we do, or a lot of it anyhow, becomes a reflection of our desire to hold on to something, to maintain something. And, you know, God all along is saying, you know, let go of it. Let go of it. Sometimes we allow ourselves to become insecure. Because there's too many impulses that are still very much alive and they're responding to so many different stimuli. But you know, when we we begin to just deliberately, prayerfully separating ourselves from those things, there's a freedom, there's a joy. I, I don't know how long we'll be here till Jesus comes, or I don't know how long it will be until we leave, individually or corporately. But the world is dying. It's already dead, but it's just re-dying every day. That slow, torturous death that comes from this fall into the depravity. You know, church, I believe more than anything that God is saying to us today, what are you willing to allow to die? so that I can be lifted up, so that I can be exalted. Your fear, is it fear? Lord, help us to lay down the fear of rejection if we step forth and step out. Let us be freed just to be exuberantly and joyfully free in Christ to serve. Lord, is it a sense of a lack of qualification or confidence? Lord, I pray that we'll let that go because, Lord, when we fall as, as that grain into the soil deliberately, God's going to give us the, the confidence. He's going to equip us beyond our abilities. Lord, we thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit who, Lord God, works among us, works in us, works through us. And, Father, we thank you. 
You know, you closed this morning with me, and we only closed this little gathering. We don't close the move of God. But, you know, You know, God has just allowed me in certain, just to a certain level to get more on a frontline involvement with people. Frontline. Out from the pulpit and just into some deep need where people don't always know Jesus. And it has awakened within me that... Uh, there's certain things that God wants to die so that he can do something beyond me. How many here say, I want to be a, I want to be a, a face-to-face relationship person with, with those around me. I'm gonna, I, I can't have the depth of relationship with everyone, but I want to have a, a, a connection with people, Lord God, that will give me an open door to uh, share your, you with them. Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will flood this house today, flood into every life, into my heart, into my mind. Forgive me, Lord God, where I have stood in the way. And and Lord God, the things that I have valued have not been the things that you have valued as highly as I. And Lord God, I pray that you'll help us each one, Lord, Lord, to just say, God, whatever it is you want to strip out of me, whatever you want to strip away from me so that I can be, Lord, whatever it is that I need to be in this desperate dark hour. Lord God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, strip it away. Strip it down, Lord God. Tear that stuff off of me, Lord God, that I can lay that down. Lord, that I can give my time. I can sow that time into the lives of others. I can sow hand-to-hand, face-to-face, Lord God, love with people that I would have never, ever engaged. Had I, Lord God, not laid down the things that you're asking for me to lay down right now. Lord, I pray over this house that there's going to be, Lord, uh, people who, Lord, are, are just energized by the Holy Spirit, set aflame, Lord God, as a living flame. Lord, for the Lord Jesus Christ among a world that is dying, people are lost, people are lost. They don't know Jesus. And Lord God, I pray that, uh, Lord God, that whatever it is that you have called us to become, Lord God, that we will be that. Lord, if it, it means being all things to all people, that, Lord, by some means that one may come to know Jesus, Lord, we're willing to be transformed by you, Lord God, and, and we're available to be used by you. How many will say that, God, whatever, whatever it takes for me to become an ambassador to Christ, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever I've got to lay down, whatever I've got to detach from, whatever, Lord God, I've got to do so that I can get into the soil of humanity, that something of Christ through my life can get into the soil of humanity and that that seed would germinate and there would be growth, Lord God. We're not just going to heaven, Lord God. We're taking others with us. And Lord, we give you praise. How many have just grabbed that like you've never grabbed it before? That God has purposed uh, that people will be in heaven because you have laid down your life.
And God has produced fruit. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, Father God. Jesus, we glorify you. We glorify you. Oh, Holy Spirit, we praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Fill this house. See, there's something happening right now. And, and you know, it's been a long time maybe for some uh, that we just haven't felt like the rain of God just falling fresh. But God's rain wants to fall on the seed that's in the ground. And so that it can grow and become fruitful. Lord God, we surrender to you. We don't want to just get wet standing in the rain. Lord, that's nice for those who like to stand in the rain. But Lord God, we, we, we feel the rain is falling. And Lord God, I, I pray that as we survey the soil around us, Lord God, that we'll see that which you purpose to grow through us. Lord, the increase that you have purposed to, to come forth in our lives, through our lives. Some of you, you're, there are certain places that are part of your day-to-day life. That if you say, God, strip me down from all the things that, Lord, that, that, that obscure my vision of the opportunities given me. Lord, I want to see what's in front of me, around me. Lord, I invite you. Oh, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Begin to thank the Lord. You're a child of God. You are. You have been called to, to take others to heaven. Hallelujah. You're not saving them, but you're inviting them to come along. You're giving them a traveling partner. Hallelujah. You're a vehicle that will transport them to the, to the basic information of where salvation can be found. That anointed foundation. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Lord God, we, we lay it down. We want to be that grain that detaches, Lord, that we fall fresh into the soil of lost humanity, of the world around us. And then we invite you, Father, to rain down on us. Rain down on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to sing this song. And as we do, before we do, I want to say that this is something impressed on my heart right now. Is, you know, we talk about those uh, latter rain. We talk about the showers of God. Uh, you know, as though we're just simply going to go out and dance in the rain. I'm going to tell you. God wants there to be seed in the soil. And he wants your life to, and my life to be given over to the, being this, the seed that, from which many things come. But, you know, if we pray for the Holy Spirit to fall, and, Lord God, we're not dying to self that God can bring forth a great increase, then we're just getting wet. We're standing there in the rain. So what? Who cares if you're standing in the rain? If it's not transformed, if there's nothing for it to water. Lord, I want my life, Lord, to, to be seed in the ground. Hallelujah. Glory on my shoulders. Hallelujah. Tammy, you want to lead this? And, and, and as we sing, we just give the Lord your life. We don't, we're not professionals. We don't have to be. We just have to be vessels that are willing. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. 
You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.